war in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePetro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's 106. You're listening to The John DePetro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program, I want to say a good afternoon. I had a wonderful time Friday afternoon. Where was I Friday and much needed? I had a wonderful lunch right there on the deck at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. By the way, they also, I am fascinated by this. David is amazing. He found at the Chicago Food Show, it's an outside, it's outside air conditioners. So if someone's saying, you know, I think it's a little too hot to eat outside, not at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. You can stay nice and cool. I had delicious clam cakes and chowder. We had a nice lunch. Folks, stop in and see them. Now, you can eat inside or outside. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. All right, we're going to talk with Pat Cordelessa coming up. But I want to just share with you, just to show you how far the Raimondo administration, where they're just, excuse me, the Biden administration, and just how far off uh, they are. Yesterday, they sent her out. On the Sunday shows, it was former Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, now Commerce Secretary Raimondo, and listen to her on Meet the Press with Chuck Todd. Let me start from the beginning. Here we go. To the fact that three quarters of the country feel like the country's headed in the wrong direction. How much of it is economic in your view? Okay. I think quite a bit of it is economic, and specifically, I think it's inflation. So, you know, look, obviously, it, it, it's it's frustrating. You know, if you were to ask me, what do I think of the economy? I'd say we have a very strong economy. So let me ask a I mean, there's question. no one that believes that. The there's that- no one believes that. And, you know, this whole reason, her on with Stephanopoulos, can we avoid a recession if interest rates keep climbing? recession can we afford avoid a recession if interest rates keep climbing good morning george good to be with you uh i think we can so let me say this the economy in the past year year and a half has been growing at unprecedentedly high rates you know five six percent no one believes that i don't think that we should expect that Right. I think it's normal to think that as we continue to come out of the pandemic, we will transition to a more to a robust growth, but a more steady growth. So I do think at some point, you know, we will see uh, a less rapid growth in the economy. But I don't see any reason to think that we will have uh, a serious recession. In f- you know, by no measure. Right. We've recovered all the jobs since the pandemic. Uh People's household balance sheets are strong. Companies are doing well. Companies are hiring. Companies are growing. I was recently talking to the CEO of a a major U.S. company who said to me, you know, it's almost like we're trying to talk ourselves into a recession. He said he sees no signs of it. You know, his customers, both individual and companies, are buying. So the fundamentals of this economy are very strong. Inflation is is our problem. And it is our top priority. Uh, and so I think you know, perhaps a transition to a more traditional growth level, but I don't think we should be talking ourselves into a recession. You know, and, and I'm glad Justin. 
Justin Katz mentioned that in our first hour, where this is the new talking point of the Biden administration and with Commerce Secretary Raimondo, this business that we're talking ourselves into a recession. You know, I mean, is there anyone that actually believes that? Is there anyone that actually believes that, you know, the, the problem is just that people are starting to talk themselves into that that is absolutely ridiculous. All right, now Rhode Island, th- this is a huge mistake moving towards electronic voting. And let's get him on the phone right now. He is the GOP uh, candidate endorsed to be your next Secretary of State. And let's get him on the line because he has some thoughts on it. And folks, th- there's nothing good about that. The farther that we get away from, we're, I'm not sure why now he's not answering. I just said, <laughs> all right, we're going to make it easy for him. Not exactly sure what happened. Um, all right, let me try. All right, I think this is, I think. All right, folks, joining us on the line right now, he is the Republican candidate for Secretary of State, and it's our friend Pat Cordalesa. Good afternoon, Pat. John, how are you today? Well, Pat, like a lot of other people, uh, very, very concerned about where the office is headed, where the November elections are headed, specifically, as the Providence Journal has written about, and you were active on social media, about this digital voting. Yeah. John, really, uh, really a concern that I have here. Um, as you know, a few months back, the governor signed the uh, election laws, and one of them, a caveat, was this electronic voting for certain groups of people. There's no safety net. There is no safety uh, cybersecurity systems that will protect 100% the guarantee of those votes not being, you know, infiltrated or confiscated or manipulated. Uh, with uh, foreign powers, uh, you know, candidates who who uh, will take advantage of an opportunity. We already saw um, with a Democratic treasurer running in the race that he was playing games with the software on, on Facebook and sending false messages to another candidate. Could you imagine an electric voting? It's outrageous. Tell Tell people exactly, Pat, how it would work. John, I'm, I'm somewhat mystified myself. It's some type of software that they would put in the system of the voting machines. As you know, there is some type of a way of uh, you could do that if you have a hardship. It's a little box there. It's uh, it's something there that uh, certain people can use if you have a physical handicap or so on and so forth. And I'm a little mystified myself. I'm looking into it actually as we're, as we're talking. It's something like the automark voting system and this would i guess incorporate that into another dimension look we have nick lima one of the top border canvassers in cranston he's the guy down there the chairman he's totally against it he's so concerned he said there's no way you can protect protect it he doesn't even think there's any software that can that can handle it so why, why are they pushing this is beyond me all i can tell you and the listeners if I become Secretary of State, it never will happen. I'll never be uh, incorporated into our voting systems. 
Absolutely not. And folks, again, we're running, uh, we're speaking with Pat Cordelessa, who is the GOP candidate to be the next Secretary of State. Now, actually, he's not running against Nelly Gobea. He has a Democrat. It is an open seat. Pat, if you don't mind just telling people there's there's a lot of different changes that are happening with the primary coming up September 13th. If you could walk people through early voting, I, I am completely against this, but unless there's something I'm missing, early voting actually starts the the week of, uh, it starts right around August 24th or 25th. That is correct, John. It's August 24th, believe it or not, we're about five weeks away. Yes. And, and, and the primaries is closing in on, what, uh, 60 days away. Right. And, um, yeah, early voting is, uh, you know, it's a concern. Um, again, we went through this in 2020, uh, the, the, the numbers going back to the Board of Elections and so on and so forth. You know, I know, John, you like the old school way of voting. Of course. Right? So, and you well, know, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I, let me just co- correct you. I... I want to, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing you, but instead of using the term old school, I'm more comfortable with, I'm more comfortable with and prefer a more secure method of voting. I don't want to call it old school because that's easy to knock if someone's like, oh, he, he just likes old school voting. I feel voting done on election day where you have to go in person, they call your name. I feel that's just the safest, most secure way to get an accurate count. So again, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, I'm not trying to be defensive, but I'm not comfortable with the term old school. I'm more comfortable with a more secure method. I I agree, John. It can be traditional. I I agree. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, John, to keep the way it was. Now, my opinion was what they should have done was that we should have had a a holiday, a state election day to vote for everybody. (laughs) You don't have to go to work. Just that gives, gives everybody an opportunity to go and vote. It's a it's a really a prestigious day. It's voting. And, and as you know, it's going to go down to maybe 30, 35% on election day of, of people actually voting. Prior to that, of the 20-day early voting and mail ballots, 70% of the people have already voted. It's, a, you know, it's, it's not, um, it's something that you know, a lot of people, you know, I think are, they don't have the power to control and you know, the bureaucrats are just uh, is changing the rules that we're, as we're speaking. So I agree with that. It's a, it's, and you know what? As a, as a candidate, when you go out and you really look at the last 20 or 30 days, that's really when you push everybody hard. And that's like, it's like a football game. You want to go out there and win that last, last vote or last touchdown. But, you know, you get, to, you get to the voters' homes and say, I'm sorry, we already voted. So it's the strategy now. It has to be forwarded. You really have to put that last major push 30, 40 days before the election. Uh, the, you know, so so it's a, it's a strategy that, um, you know, you got to get you got to catch up to. And I ran into that last uh, year and a half ago. Oh. We went to many homes the last 20, 25 days. People already voted, John. Yeah. Early voting, uh, you know, the mail ballots is really my concern. You know, I mean, what they did, they, they took away the, the notary. They took away the requirement for two witnesses. I'm worried about people going in there voting that, that claim that they that they, they, they are, they're not. 
They're getting on the voting rolls in Rhode Island is one of the weakest systems I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. Using a gym membership card? Yes. Photo ID? That's right. It's unheard of. Yeah. John, if I win, those those requirements are being thrown out the window. Good. On an executive order. I'm not going to tolerate that because, you know, your vote, my vote, we... It's very important. It's prestigious to be able to vote in, in, in American democracy, and it's been watered down, you know. So uh, we have uh, an idea what to do when we get down there, hopefully, and um, we're going to change it and bring it back more, uh, like you said, more same-day voting uh, on Election Day. But, you know, look at this scenario. Could you imagine in the next two or three, four or five years, it'll go down to 10%. Election day will be worthless. It'll be just a, a figurehead, a day of, because it, people have already gone and voted earlier, you know? So I don't like that. So hopefully we can do something about it um, in November when we win. I feel very confident we're going to win this job. I get a lot of good support out there. People know the system has been, has been watered down, and my opponent is, is uh, speechless. It's unbelievable, you know, so. Talk a little bit about your opponent, because he's also, uh, this is his first time running for the office. Yes, um, uh, you know, I mean, it looks to me like he's just going to be a rubber stamp for Natalie Gobea. I mean, he, 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 he's basically, uh, you know, he, he amors her uh, in some presentation, and uh, I think he's going to carry on with uh, her policies there. I haven't seen anything uh, from what I've seen. That, that that changes that terminology on my on my opinion of him, and um, you know he's a school teacher. Let's put it, let's call it like call it like it is. He's carried the school teacher union um, decorum up there, submitting bills, protecting the school system, protecting the school system teachers union, and um, you know I've been there before. I know how to deal with this. He's been endorsed by the teachers' union. He's been endorsed by the unions. And he submits bills like, you know, increasing coolness for the teachers' retirement fund. It's all there, John. He's also uh, co-sponsored the Vote RI Act. And basically, he he condones this type of uh, mail ballot harvesting system. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's really unfortunate. I swear, John, if I become Secretary of State, I will be putting restrictions in on, on mail ballot harvesters, five per person, and that's all you're going to be able to Good. bring down there. Good. Uh, we're going get, to get rid of that because, you know, we don't need that in our elections. I really, we don't. So, you know, the, uh, my opponent, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to, uh, you know, have a debate with this, this, this gentleman. I think we know. Greg Amore. Greg Amore. Now, Pat, he, does he have a primary or no primary? Um, he has two Democratic candidates. Oh, he does. Put their, they, he did put their papers in. Oh, okay. But they need to get the signatures. They have to get the signatures. Okay. Actually, I can tell you right now, I'm on the site, and the signatures are being uh, put in the system. Yep. And um, there's two opponents. They're on the 100 signatures, which doesn't really mean anything, but they have to get 500 signatures oh, wow. to be on, that, on who, that primary. Who are his two opponents, just so people... No, because you want them to have a primary. I, I met, I met uh, when I was down at the Bristol parade. I met one of the, uh, I met one of the fellas that were 
All right, I don't want. I don't want to waste a lot of time on it. Just, I was okay. just looking for a name, not stories. So, but we'll, it's, we'll it's, skip it's, over uh, that. We'll skip. It's a fellow, fellow out of Pawtucket. All right, fellow out of Pawtucket. Folks, again, we're speaking with Pat Cordalesa, GOP candidate for Secretary of State. Now, Pat, um, in twenty twenty, in two years ago, it was uh, thirty five percent voted at the polls and 65 percent voted before election day either through whatever you want to call it i don't even know what they call it anymore it's early voting it's i know people think it's mail ballots but you don't even have to go to the polls anymore you could drop it in those drop boxes i noticed saturday night president trump had the big rally in alaska and president trump talks about that if he gets back into the white house he's getting rid of those drop boxes pat what about getting rid of these drop boxes that uh, the whole you and I both know the whole reason they have them is just in case there's anything nefarious that they won't get charged with mail fraud so what about getting rid of all these drop boxes throughout Rhode Island well that that's I think that would be secretary of state's um uh, position well they it is that they would have to remove the yes uh, so that's what I'm those. asking you would you get rid uh, of I, them? well oh, oh first of all I think there was a one state had a supreme the supreme court said that uh, those boxes can only be in election election uh, offices, okay? Well, we and have them in every the thirty. Orders. We have them in every city and town. That's correct. So, of course, I would have those mail ballot uh, uh, drop boxes. Drop, drop boxes. boxes. Yeah, we would have those removed. Good, good. Have them. I would. I would actually have them just in city halls where you have your cameras. I office. have them at all. Why have them at all? Why? I I have to say, I'll look into it more in detail, John, but I, you know. um, Trump wants to get rid of them. I'm with him. Get rid of them. You can't vote, then you vote by mail. Then if there's something goes wrong, it's mail fraud. Drop boxes outside in certain areas. I mean, like you said, you can see people with the camera, uh, people dropping them off, multiple, multiple. You don't even know who the people are. In in Rhode Island, there's no limit. People can drop as many votes as they want. So that's That's what people don't understand. And again, folks, at 123, we're speaking with Pat Cordeles, who's running GOP uh, candidate, Republican for Secretary of State. I just want to point out to the listeners, because people saw the film 2000. Mules and people say, Well, what we need in Rhode Island is we need cameras on the drop boxes. What people don't even understand is the states that they highlight in 2000 Mules they have limits of I think it's no more than t- in Massachusetts, no more one person cannot drop off more than 10 ballots. What people don't understand, Pat Cotalessa, is in Rhode Island, you could walk up, smile at the camera, and put 5,000 ballots in there, and there's nothing wrong, you haven't broken the law. That needs to change. Yes, John, I agree. So So this business of the cameras, I I don't care if you have a film company there. It doesn't matter. It needs to be stopped. Uh, We need in-person voting. What I was going to say, Pat, is I think it was 65-35 as far as 35% of the polls, 65% before the polls even open Election Day. I'm telling you, this time around, for this primary... You mark my words. I think it's going to start to shift to 75-25, meaning 75% of the votes will be cast before the polls open on Election Day. And 25% will be people voting on Election Day. Pat Cordelessa, I mean, if somebody votes early on August you know, 26th for the September 13th primary, Governor Dan McKee... He could be indicted by the FBI September 9th, prior to the September 13th primary. 
that that's you, you can't. And by the way, then there are people that want to change their vote. There are people. There are things that that happen at the end. This business of election month, that it, it, it's wrong. It's wrong for the process. Uh, that and and by the way, Pat, the the television stations. You know when they're planning having the debates in September. After all, these people have already voted. Like the system is so broken right now. What would you do as Secretary of State to change it and reinstore the integrity that we need? Because I am really disillusioned. Well, the Secretary of State has to submit legislated legislation to the General Assembly to get these things changed again. That's going to be the hottest thing that uh, the, uh, any Secretary of State can do because we're picking up what's already been in law. The General Assembly's already approved a lot of this stuff and it's going to be there. It's going to be back in their hands. Now, the Secretary can, can um, give and submit executive orders, but I'm not sure how far they can go regarding changing the whole election system at Rhode Island anymore um, based on what the General Assembly just passed. You know, so um, I'll do anything I can to bring things back, like uh, changing the uh, voter roll requirements. I think I have the power to do that. Good. Those requirements Good. and removing the requirements. Yes. I mean, where do they come from? John, it's like every year you're looking at, oh, who submitted this stuff? You know, so, you know, you got you got a secretary of state right now who's who's uh, getting everything she wants with that general assembly. So well, I'll it, tell you, I don't I don't have faith in our elections. I don't have faith in our elections. I'm asking you to run and win to re-restore my faith in elections. And Pat knows, well, folks, I'm, and again, good afternoon. You're listening to John DePietro show with us is Pat Cordalesa, who's running Secretary of State Republican. I'll do the best I can, John. Well, We're on the same page. Um, We're on the same page with this. They have they to clean up problems. There are, there are illegals on the voter rolls. I know it. Illegal. You know it. She knows it. There's nothing to stop them. Uh, the the census, if the, and here's the thing I'm worried about, Pat. If they can cheat in the census, who says that they can't cheat in an election? I agree, John. We saw that uh, we saw that coming down the road with the census, and it, there's no repercussions. Yeah, it's almost like uh, they get away with things, and they just, uh, as you know, some of those uh, do good organizations, there, nonprofits, were snickering at the whole situation. When at all costs, John. Remember, remember that it's there's no loyalty, there's no honor. It's when at all costs, and a lot of it is reflected on President Trump to beat him at you know. Um, and they're still beating the drum on that. So to me, it's time to, you know, focus on Rhode Island right now and get these election laws changed and get them back to where they used to be. And I, I would love to have an election day uh, like November. Was it the first Tuesday? Yes. November for the, and have that as a holiday. Have people not have to go to work. Hey, go vote. Get Why? They're focusing on all this early voting stuff. Mail uh, ballots. But they forgot the, the the tradition. The traditions are being removed, not just in elections, everywhere. The school systems, the, the education board, as you know. Are there any uh, states that have a holiday so people can all vote on that day? That's a good question. I'm going to look into that. I don't know, but um, I would say probably. Well, let's maybe. not guess. Let's not guess. Let's, let's okay, find we'll out. Okay, we'll look into that. Let's find out. That's Here's the other thing, you know. Pat. Here's the other thing. There were two people, three people that they caught that voted twice last time around. Two voted in Florida, one in Illinois. But however, it was Florida that flagged them and caught them. It wasn't Rhode Island. That has to change. 
that as it turned, there were 71 cases of potential mail, I'm sorry, of voter fraud, including the mail ballot fraud issues. 68 were just rejected or not looked into, and only three. And the only three, like you said, came from other, other Board of Election officials from other states that contacted the Rhode Island people. And my gut feeling is that the Attorney General had to do something with these three cases because it was a, a, a paper trail. Okay, so, you know, with that said, you know, it's not being looked at, it's not, it's not being enforced. And of course, you know, um, it's out there, as you know. <laughs> so uh, unless you have officials who are going to... The bottom line is this. If I become Secretary of State, I'll be on that. We'll be right. watching. We'll what, look into things. What are some events you have coming up that people could meet you and learn more about the campaign? Well, one, we have a, fund, a fundraiser scheduled for July 21st at the Historical Park Cinema in Cranston at 6 o'clock. Yep. It'll be 6 to 8 p.m. on Thursday, uh, July 21st. And, uh, of course, you know, you can go on Facebook and, and um, you know, Twitter and all that good stuff. So we're, we're, we're preparing. We're getting ready. We just hired Sal Ciazzo as our campaign manager. We have Al Turner as a supervisor uh, oh, at the locations. Both are solid. We also, yeah, we also have Will Rappertine as our press chief. So we're moving along um, very, very strategically, surgically. You know, so we're 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 getting we're getting where we have to get. Right. You know, we'll bring some money in, like like you know, and and uh, we'll be very competitive. We've been down this road. I dealt with her, uh, Mrs. Gabea, so I know the game. And um, you know, Murray's going to have to come to the plate. You can't hide behind uh, the unions in the Democratic Party. So we will push him very hard, and maybe you can get us together and you can have a debate with <laughs> Don't him. worry about me. You know. They're not coming out with me. But anyhow, listen, folks, he okay. is Pat Cordalesa. Pat, great to talk to you. Keep up the good work and good luck on the campaign trail. Thank you so much, John. All Bye-bye. right, folks, there he is, Pat Cordalesa, joining us on this uh, on this Monday. Uh, it's not easy. It's Monday. It is July 11th. It is 1.31 in the afternoon, and you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. <laughs> too funny oh come on i'm a fan i'm a fan i just saw a um they put a tweet that <laughs> let's see elena sarone is moving from the governor's office to his campaign and um i like her i think she's one of the best people and then he has McKee press secretary is no longer with the governor's office. She tells me she's now working on his reelection campaign. So I put, is there a difference? I mean, come on. He's doing the whole Rhode Island momentum tour. So she's moving over there. I think she's one of the better people that he has. That's just my thought. I think that it is. Um, wow. Where did this happen? Roland Heights deputies are searching for two men robbed a man for his Rolex watch at a grocery store in Roland Heights. Pistol whipped him and the woman he was with. Wow, it's violent video. See these guys with masks on? And then she's, the woman's covering her face. I mean, just, oh. God, right in broad daylight. It's so brazen. 
Two suspects stole a man's Rolex watch and pistol whipped. Wait a minute, Roland Heights. Oh, California. Deputies searching two men robbed a man for his role at a grocery store. Pistol whipped him. Just afternoon on Saturday, loading groceries, two men ran up, demanded the Rolex. Well, you don't want to wear a Rolex to the grocery store. Whew. Boy, the crime out there. See, that's why people are going to vote Republican. They are absolutely going to vote Republican. I want to come back to um, Ramundo on ABC's This Week. I don't know. Do I really want to play this? Or do I want to play Senator Mack with Ted Nisi? Maybe I'll play her. She's so full of herself. All right, let me hear a little bit of Ramundi. This morning, let's talk first about the possibility of a recession. Can we avoid a recession if interest rates keep climbing? Good morning, George. Good to be with you. Uh, I think we can. So let me say this. The economy in the past year, year and a half has been growing at unprecedentedly high rates, you know, five, six percent. I don't think that we should expect that. Right. I think it's normal to think that as we continue to come out of the pandemic, we will transition to a more to a robust growth, but a more steady growth. So I do think at some point, you know, we will see. Uh, a less rapid growth in the economy. But I don't see any reason to think that we will have uh, a serious recession. In f- you know, by no measure, right? We've recovered all the jobs since the pandemic. Uh, people's household balance sheets are strong. Companies are doing well. Companies are hiring. Companies are growing. I was recently talking to the CEO of a, a major U.S. 33% job approval rating. You know, it's almost like we're trying to talk ourselves 64 into a recession. 64% of Democrats no want a different you know, nominee. Both individual and Brutal. companies are buying. So the fundamentals of this economy are very strong. Inflation is our, is our problem, and it is our top priority. Uh, and so I think... You know, perhaps a transition to a more traditional growth level, but I don't think we should be talking ourselves into a recession. You know, you cited all the good news, 5 to 6% growth over the last uh, couple of years. The jobs situation is as strong as it's been in, in really in decades. We've gotten back almost all the jobs from the pandemic, as you pointed out. So how do you explain the disconnect between the strong economic fundamentals that you point out and the lowest consumer confidence that we've seen in years? Uh, inflation, one word, you know, if, and people talk about it in different ways. But if you ask folks what they're worried about, they'll either say uh, grocery store prices are high, you know, food prices are high, energy prices, gas prices. That's in, in people's daily lives, right? So if it, every day you're confronted with these high prices, it's, it's hard on folks. And the president has just said that, you know, in that clip that I heard, you know, it's, it's tough for people. That's why it's the president's number one priority, it's our number one priority, uh, to get a handle on these prices. And we will. You know, the Fed is taking strong action. Uh, our admin, president's administration, we're doing everything we know how to do. You're starting to see gas prices come down. Wholesale gas prices are coming down. But until until we do get a handle on inflation, I think it's natural for a family to uh, to be feeling that pinch. Having said that, you know, I, you have to, George, I was the governor of Rhode Island when the pandemic hit. It's a state of a million people. 
At one point in time, we had 15% of our population collecting unemployment insurance. And I, I woke up every day with a pit in my stomach. How are we going to get folks back to work, open restaurants, open manufacturing facilities? And we've done that. We averted, because of the president's leadership, we averted the, the deep, deep recession. And I don't think we will ever see that. The challenge now is prices, and we're working on that, and we will get that under control. You say the president's doing, and the administration's doing everything you know how to do. As you know, there are a lot of anxious Democrats out there. You see it in the headlines. I'm showing uh, right now they want the president to be more aggressive. And you have congressmen like uh, Ro Khanna saying there are things out there the president can do that he's not doing. Is there anything more the president can do to combat inflation that he's not doing now? Well, one of the things that Ro Khanna pointed out in that piece is that Congress needs to pass the CHIPS Act. You know, there's a bill right now before Congress, uh, which Ro Khanna supports, President Biden supports, which would uh, increase the domestic supply of semiconductors and also start a supply chain office in the Department of, Com in the Department of Commerce. That has to pass has to pass now, not in six months from now, now. It's bipartisan. Mitch McConnell just threw a wrench in that uh, about a week ago, oh. saying that he wasn't going to allow Republicans to move on that unless we moved on reconciliation. That's a perfect example, George, of increasing supply. We have inflation now because of lack of supply. Uh, and chips is one area. Let's increase supply. But as you point out, Madam Secretary, Mitch McConnell said it's not going anywhere as long as the president continues to push a budget reconciliation bill. So doesn't that mean the CHIPS bill is dead? It shouldn't be dead. Why can't we do both? What's in that reconciliation bill? Allowing Medicare to negotiate for drug prices. What would that do? Bring down the prices of medicine for the average American consumer. So the, again, the president wakes up every day pushing us and his team and Congress, what more can we do to bring down prices? So let's, let's bring down prescription drug prices so that people feel that when they go to the drugstore. And also, let's pass the CHIPS Act to bring down the prices of chips, which will bring down the price of pretty much everything you buy because everything includes chips. It's a false choice. He's playing politics with our national security. And it's time for Congress to do its job on both of those dimensions. Finally, the president is calling for a global price cap on Russian oil as well. As you know, a lot of economists are skeptical about whether that can really work. Are you confident it can? Uh, I think it can. Yes, I think it can. Uh, and by the way, you know, you mentioned that you know, gas prices are up over $1.50 a gallon uh, since Putin began his war. And so we need to do everything we can to, to, to end that war as quickly as possible. Secretary Romano, thanks for your time this morning. Romano. Thank you. Romano. Secretary Romano. What is wrong with these people for crying out loud? Folks, good afternoon. It's Juan. It's the John DePietro Show. Yes, that was me you saw on Newsmax Saturday night before the Trump rally. I wish I could play some of the sound. It was, you know, it was a good appearance. Um, sometimes there are appearances that are just okay. Sometimes there are appearances that are better than others. This one was a good one. But we had a minor glitch with the recording of it. And so I can't play some of the sound of it. And I apologize. Boy, um, everybody is really just tattooing Biden. 
he is getting pummeled. How about this one? House GOP. This is Politico this morning. House GOP marches into deeper blue terrain as Dem prospects fade. Four months till the midterms. Democrats are in the defense of 30 highly competitive districts. The picture in the story is GOP candidate Alan Fung. Former mayor running for, listen to this, an open district in western Rhode Island. I never thought of it that way. I think it would actually, you'd say southern, southwestern Rhode Island, I suppose, of CD2. But they say um, four months, 30 highly competitive districts. Let's give them fresh optimism. Um, let's see. I was just, where's the part about Fung? Um, bum, 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 bum. Even in deep blue Rhode Island, people don't want him to run again, said candidate Alan Fung. If more goes in the favor, such as gas price to tick down, they could hang on to more seats. But many admit the GOP's lead, Biden's unpopularity, strong recruits fundraising is insurmountable. Fung had a good answer. Um, a former mayor running for an open district in western Rhode Island, a, re- a reach seat now coming into play for Republicans. He said a recent Suffolk University poll sent shockwaves through the state when it found Biden's approval rating created to 39%. I think there's a lot of buyer's remorse in President Biden, said Fung. And I think he's right. And by the way, I was right about Fung. How about some of the people that were saying, Jessica DeLucret, she, she, she didn't even make it a month. She dropped out. That kind of polling, which has come from both parties, give Republicans optimism. They'll be able to contest a slew of traditional Democrat seats. For example, Biden's down 15 points. Biden is the best thing for the Republican Party. And many of you wanted him out. Many of you want Harrison there. Biden is the gift to the Republican Party. And him running again remains a gift. Biden is upside down by 19 points in a Northwest Indiana district. Nine, really 20 points. Langevin, just the fact we're able to play compete for districts how much of an anchor he is. We haven't had a single district survey where Biden is right side up. Democrats have shared little of their own polling, ample signs they see it. Several incumbents already gone on TV in June, July, long before the typical end of summer, end of summer onslaught of ads. Uh, more battleground Dems are split how to handle environments so hostile their own president. Some have begun to openly condemn Biden I've been riding with Biden from the beginning, and I can't deny, I don't want to die, but we're running our own race talking about what we've done in the district. Said this is a Democrat in Nevada. GOP polling found Biden 14 points underwater in Las Vegas. You know, the only thing that Biden, team Biden keeps pointing to is they say that he's the only one that can be President Trump. That's why, folks, I... I don't know what is going to happen. People are asking me. I don't know. You know, what if DeSantis is the nominee? What is if Glenn Youngkin is the nominee? Hmm. Then they're nowhere. Um, then they're nowhere. Then they're absolutely nowhere.
then then they're gonna I, I don't know what's gonna happen. He's he's a stubborn guy. He doesn't you know, as I've told you, he likes living in the White House. Who wouldn't? He's not going anywhere. Nope. He's not going anywhere. He's like, hey, listen, I'm the one that took out Trump. Senator Mack has no regrets after twerking. TikTok video goes viral. Channel 12 did a big, big sit down with her. I thought it was uncomfortable. They still could have, eh, they could have gone after a little more aggressively. But here's the interview of her on uh, talk about the events of the Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so she's first, fully dressed, by I the way. The basic facts around this, because there's been so much back and forth on social media, as you know. Um, you posted, as I saw, your first TikTok video, I think last week, um, yes. just recently, and you talk on there about your work as a senator, your work on abortion rights. Do you consider it a, a campaign TikTok, a personal TikTok, a mixed TikTok? How do you view the account? Yeah, I think it is a, a mixed use account. I started the account. What do you mean um, mixed use? After the over. No, it's not. You have a personal account. Mixed use. A variety of folks uh, who had no source of information, especially in Rhode Island, on what to do next. For many people, it came as a shock that Roe v. Wade was overturned. Some people have been following since the leaked decision earlier this year. But for folks like me who've been involved in abortion um, laws around the country, this has been something that since about a like I'd say the three to five Why years. Why is she allowed to get away with that? that uh, abortion Ed, rights in. in our country are, are were very weak, and so we've been working on um, educating folks through those spaces on issues on how to um, how to protect their communities, what state legislators could be doing if it was overturned federally, uh, like Rhode Island. We really pushed in 2019, and we finally, after 30 years, passed the RPA, which was one step to ensure that Rhode Island would always have access to abortion, um, but. But with that, there were still communities who were left out of that access. So I started it to share my knowledge as a state senator, the inner workings of some of the decisions. Um, some examples that I was uh, trying to explain were that uh, folks were calling for Governor McKee to sign an executive order about an influx of folks who were coming to Rhode Island. Uh, there will be no influx of folks seeking abortion coming to Rhode Island because there uh, just quite frankly isn't the, we don't have the infrastructure in place. And most Rhode Islanders actually go out of state for their services. Oh, wait, I have to admit, I didn't know that. That's interesting in and of itself. So the video. Um, for, I'm just curious, was, was it a planned thing? Like, let's go make you know, a fun TikTok video for the, the mixed account, the campaign mixed account, or more of just for a moment, you were at the beach, you said, let's do it. Yeah, I was just at the beach having a good time. Um, and I'd been posting, I'm like still very new to TikTok. I am like at the cusp, I just like found out today, like Gen Z starts at like 1997. And I'm just a few years older than that. So I don't quite understand it. I don't really get it. Um, so I was still playing around with the platform, still trying to figure out what algorithm to go viral. Oh my God, she's so Can someone help me like figure out how to go viral? And well, I guess I did it correctly. <laughs> Seated, I would say. Um, what was, what no, was the actually, she you didn't. Were hoping for no. Her TikTok video folks, did not go video that I think viral. Will, will get people's interest. It was loaded yeah, on Twitter by libs to of be TikTok. Activated to come to my page and then share even more information about the state That's of abortion what access viral. and other reproductive oh. health rights, trans rights, and bodily autonomy. I can't on listen that to her anymore.
I just can't. It's it's just, I don't know how Ted Nisi sat there for that. She is just, um... folks, Admin Urgent Care, if you have an emergency, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnson, Admin Urgent Care, or the East Greenwich location, 5750 Post Road, at Med, A-T-M-E-D, at Med Urgent Care, or online at MedUrgentCare.net, at Med Urgent Care, providing comprehensive outpatient health care, specializing in ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, diverse, wide-ranging, cost-efficient health care alternative at Med Urgent Care. Walk-in, routine, urgent care, minor surgical, physical exams. And remember, COVID is still out there. They also offer mononuclear antibody infusions. So the next time you're thinking of going to the emergency room, instead, pop into Atmend Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. Much faster. Much faster. Normally, 90 minutes tops. Or the 5750 Post Road East Greenwich location right across from Felicia's Admet Urgent Care. Folks, we have a lot of content on the website, dipetro.com, which is brought to you by the Senadale Revival. Boy, today be a nice day. Drinks, food, outside, comfort food and cocktails. The Senadale Revival. Shane runs a great place, 2025 Smith Street, right next door to Stella Suites. And right across from North Providence Town Hall, I'll see you at the Senadale Revival. Well, right now it's 1.50, and you are listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. The, um, the situation with, I mean, Biden is just getting absolutely clobbered, clobbered right now. He is just being clobbered. And, and, and one thing that it is kind of comical is... He is he is adamant that he's running again. He will not. Nope, he's not stepping down. He is going to run again in uh, 2024. A problem is. Normally, you would say that a president. Doesn't want to say that. He's not running for re-election because then he becomes a lame duck. But the problem is, because he's so low and such a drag on the Democrat Party, that he might as well say, I'm not running again. Because it's just so, you know, you just, you don't see numbers like this. Um. And even what people would normally say are traditional Democrat-friendly type of venues that they're not they're not friendly to him. Certainly not. You can't. You know, it's interesting, Ramundo. With with the problem is we're talking ourselves into a recession, and. Uh, and, and this is things things actually aren't that but things are uh, as we have talked about with Donna Perry, a, a huge problem is that people just don't have confidence in the Biden administration and 
that 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 is a huge part of it. People feel unmoored. People feel uneasy. The, the, the there's no confidence. I want to play um here's some sound from yesterday. The round table. I think this is former Governor Chris Christie. I have every reason to expect they're going to act Republicans when they're back in power, as opposed to what? All right, let me hear this. Take control of the House uh, after the midterms, that the, the work of the January 6th committee is going to be reviewed, but that you're going to see a kind of blowback and retaliation, subpoenas across the boards to Democrats on a range of issues, maybe even a move to impeach President Biden. Look, I... I, I I have every reason to expect that the Republicans will act like Republicans when they are back in power if they uh, succeed in taking back control of the House or the United States Senate. They're going to go on a revenge tour. They're going to try to expose every little comment or sentence that we've seen come out of the Biden-Harris administration. But look, I don't think we should fear what the Republicans will do. What this committee has already demonstrated is that they are getting to the bottom of what happened on January 6th. And this week, we're going to learn from some of the protesters, the Oath Keeper, the Proud Boys and others, if they had any contact with White House officials. I think it's important that we just learn the truth. And if the Republicans want to use their precious time, if they manage to take back control of Congress, House or Senate, fine. The American people want uh, our political leaders to try to work together, solve our problems, and and to really uh, get us back to some type of normalcy. And Donna, how, how worried should Democrats be, though, not only that if Republicans... You know, the fact of the matter is this business of normalcy, you're, you're not going to do it with, with this individual. I mean, you know, it's really interesting, folks. And again, good afternoon at 154 on this beautiful Monday. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. I was there Friday. I had delicious clam cakes and chowder for lunch, and I sat right out on that deck. Right now, if you're on 146, you could be there. Boom. Stop it and see them at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. What I think is interesting about the problem for the Biden White House um is is it's it's not policy it's not policy it's the problem i think is the president he's he's faltering he's absolutely faltering how about the fact Ramundo? now she's making a play for 2024 listen to her talking about the labor shortage and it's probably because of women all of this that in many ways this inflationary pressure in some ways is this labor shortage on the lower end of the scale right uh in a lot of ways absolutely not in some ways it's a huge driver uh and so increasing labor supply would certainly help the other thing we need to do though is get women back into the workforce the thing you talk about single biggest issues look at workforce participation of women without a college degree we have to be there for those women to get child care to you know reproductive health is on everybody's mind that's going to hurt the economy you know child care health care skills train these women so that they're able to get jobs that are available today and be productive members of the workforce you know there is someone she i am telling you she's already gearing up for 24 
she is gearing up for 24. Don't rule that one out. That's for Monday. Hmm. Uh, here's also Governor Mundo trying to defend Biden. You brought up uh, abortion rights, and it's interesting, whether it's inflation, whether it's abortion rights, whether it's yet another gun massacre in Illinois, there is a growing group of Democrats that are frustrated, believe that the president isn't showing enough energy, isn't showing enough fight on any of these issues. Is any of this criticism, in your view, justified? Boy, no, listen to no. the Look, it's not about who's the best performer. This isn't about, you know, performative. This is about who's going to go to work every day and get the job done and deliver for women. I have to say, on a personal level, I first fell in love with uh, Senator Biden way back when, when he was fighting for the Violence Against Women Act. I was an intern at the Department of Justice. This is a guy who has devoted decades to working to help women to provide women rights and he's fighting every day now he just signed the executive order to preserve women's uh, health care reproductive does rights. that executive so, order what does that order do say, other than tell everybody to follow the law i mean I, I don't it looks like it's a glorified press release wow well you know you put your finger on an issue a lot of the, a lot of the things that are coming the president's way he doesn't have um a silver bullet to solve. I mean, this these issues have to be like solved by Congress or in the States, the Supreme Court and Congress. So he's doing what a good executive does, which is go to his team what and a say, great line. "Give me every option that every tool in it my looks tool like box. A glorified and That's what this executive order does. Release. He's pushing the limits of his authority to stand up for women who've had a right taken away, and that's what I look. I know people are frustrated. You know, that folks are cranky with right. a lot of good reason but we have to focus on who's going to work every day and solving these problems <laughs> not who uses the most let me explain something folks the 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 democrat party has been demolished by the left by the progressives they have demolished what was known as the democrat party and you're going to really see the explosion the real result of this is going to hit in just a few months Today is Monday, July 11th, but you wait, you wait until November, and that's when November 8th is Election Day. Watch the reaction on the 9th and the 10th. Listen, it's John DePietro. I want you to see tune for the 2 o'clock news. Enjoy this Monday. Visit the website, DePietro.com, and we will be doing Facebook later. Enjoy your Monday.